I think this technology truly is revolutionary. It's gonna disrupt financial ecosystem and it's gonna have major impact across entire industries in years to come. Crypto shouldn't be about getting rich quickly. It should be about building meaningful products that solve real world needs and that address real pain points. If I'm right, and blockchain is going to be so transformative, it's also obviously going to generate significant returns for investors who invest wisely. The ability for people to transact, no intermediary involved, for the transactions to be recorded in an open way and, and settle almost immediately. The opportunities and the disruption that's going to be built on top of that technology is just mind-blowing. Welcome to the Hacker Noon Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Lipinski. In this episode, I interview Tomer Fetterman. He is launching a new crypto investment fund, and he's a former Facebook executive and has over 15 years of experience in the tech industry. In this episode, we discuss crypto, why he left Facebook, and why he's so interested in blockchain and distributed ledger technology. Stay tuned. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls, load balancers, and more. From predictable pricing to flexible configurations to world-class customer support, you'll get access to all the infrastructure services you need to grow. Plus, DigitalOcean's community provides over 2,000 cloud-agnostic tutorials to help you stay up to date with the latest open-source software, languages, and frameworks. Get started on DigitalOcean with a free $100 credit at do.co slash hackernoon. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Tomer. Hey, Tomer, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're working on. Yeah, sure. Hey, Trent. Um, my name is Tomer Federman. I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Federman Capital. We're a new hedge fund uh, that's about to launch soon, focused on investments in blockchain technology and crypto assets. Um, and with the aim to invest across the entire asset class, from taking positions in well-established cryptocurrencies all the way to uh, investing in early stage startups, uh, blockchain startups, in some cases, even before they go live. In terms of my background, I have 15 years of experience in tech, uh, working both at startups and uh, major tech companies. I've spent the last uh, three years at Facebook where I've led uh, product strategy and global growth for some of Facebook's major ad products. Um, and I'm based in London, uh, but spent the majority of my Silicon Valley where uh, I got my MBA at Stanford and later after uh, finishing graduate school, uh, was an entrepreneur and actually had a startup incubated by uh, Stanford. Uh, thanks for the invite. Really excited uh, to be here today. Yeah, awesome. So you recently wrote an article about uh, how you left Facebook and you know, wanted to join the crypto space. Can you talk a little bit about what led to that decision? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, you know, Facebook is an amazing company and really I was lucky enough to work there for a few years, as I just mentioned. And, you know, it's not just about, you know, obviously kind of the, the, the good benefits and, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the perks that you get working at a place like this, but it's also, and, and most importantly, about kind of working with the best and the brightest in my mind and really working on, you know, products that influence, you know, millions of advertisers and billions of users. Um, and generate multi-billion dollars in revenues. So, you know, it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and I've learned a ton, um, you know, kind of being on the product side there. Uh, but for me, yeah, I wrote this, um, I wrote this post about, uh, you know, why I decided to leave what I call like the, 
you know, best job in the world. And for me, there were primarily three reasons, right, to starting the fund and, and, and leaving Facebook. The, the first is really just my passion for distributed ledger technology. I think this, you know, this technology truly is revolutionary and it's going to disrupt, you know, the financial ecosystem and uh, major, um, and it's going to have major impact across, you know, entire industries in years to come. And secondly, beyond just kind of, you know, my passion for, for the technology and the impact that I think it's going to have, um, I think also that um, there's a major opportunity there, right, as an investor to get exposure to, you know, transformation across various kind of verticals, um, you know, whether that's financial services or identity management or supply chain management or the entire way we kind of control our data, share it with others, you know, make cross-border payments and so forth. It's just going to impact so many different facets of our lives. Um, and so for me, Initially, I kind of thought about like starting a company, that's what I do, kind of build products, and, but ultimately decided to kind of start the fund just because I, I don't want to go very deep into one niche and kind of spend the next few years doing that. I want to have like broad exposure to blockchain and crypto, just various um, and verticals, just because I think it's going to be so transformative. Um, so that's you know, kind of reason number two and why I decided to go the investor route rather than the entrepreneur route. And you know, the third reason is really um, because I think there's a major opportunity here from an investor's perspective, right? If I'm right and blockchain is going to be so transformative, you know, it's also obviously going to generate, you know, significant returns for investors who invest wisely. Um, so, yeah, these are kind of the three reasons. I mean, it was a tough decision for sure, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm just so passionate about this. Um, I'm, you know, really convinced that, you know, it's going to have, you know, the technology is going to have major impact. Um, so, you know, you, you just sometimes in life, you just got to go for it. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on like tokenized assets and kind of like where, you know, where you see some of this stuff going? Because to me, I think like 2019, which this episode will probably air in, uh, is, you know, I've been telling people it's probably going to be the year like the security token and the STO. Yeah. Uh, and the more regulated, you know, offerings and, you know, more uh, tokenization of digital assets and that kind of direction. Do you see it going that way as well? Or do you have some thoughts there? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think I think there's a huge opportunity with, you know, STOs and moving forward. Um, you know, the, the financial ecosystem and kind of the way it works in many ways hasn't changed for decades. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, you know, as, as an Israeli who, you know, went to school in the U.S., lived there for a few years, now living, you know, in the U.K., I'm very familiar, unfortunately, with the difficulties in, you know, wiring money across borders, um, and, you know, it takes so long, the, the fees are so ridiculously high still, sometimes it gets delayed, if you, you know, wire large amounts of money, the bank calls you, nobody knows where the money is at some point, yeah. there's so many intermediaries involved, it's just a mess. And I've been going through it personally recently, I have a wire <laughs> that's been who knows where. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know, right? Like, as you're going through this, like, you don't know, it's like, the money is not yet you know, has it does the bank. That's the scary part. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there's several banks involved sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And actually, like the first time I, you know, I made a, a, a transaction, you know, using cryptocurrencies and like within a few seconds, like the money was gone. I could see where it is, right? And then I could see like it settled. I was blown away. I was like, I just felt like I got a window into the future. Yeah. Um, and couldn't stop thinking about it ever since. Um, 
So listen, I mean, I think right now it's very early stage, right? I think very, very early days, kind of for me, the probably the comparison is 1994 or so, if we're talking about like internet terms, right? We're like in the dial-up stage right now mm-hmm. for blockchain. And the infrastructure just isn't there yet. I mean, scalability isn't very good for most projects um, for most, you know, significant kind of blockchains. UI is terrible, right? Like my mother would never know how to use it right now. Yeah. Um, it's just like too difficult. And uh, yeah, there's, there's the, you know, design is pretty poor for most of these apps and so forth. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the fact is the vast majority of people, certainly in, you know, Western societies have never actually bought uh, crypto or Bitcoin uh, just mm-hmm. yet. While they may have heard about it, they haven't actually used it. So for me, like, and, you know, the investment thesis is really about kind of focusing on the infrastructure. Um, at least in the next few years, right? Uh, I think there's a major opportunity to kind of improve all that I've just described. And then, right, like I can see, you know, consumer apps and so forth kind of evolving from there and, you know, making major impact. But that's probably going to take at least two, three years. So our focus, you know, is going to be mostly on the infrastructure layer right now and kind of solving problems across, you know, across that spectrum um, in the next, like, you know, two years or so at least. Um, and I think, yeah, I think STOs are a big part of that. I think to me, talking about like tokenized funds, right, and kind of, you know, tokenizing things like real estate, we're already starting to see these things happening. Um, and I think it's super exciting. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls, load balancers, and more. From predictable pricing to flexible configurations to world-class customer support, you'll get access to all the infrastructure services you need to grow. Plus, DigitalOcean's community provides over 2,000 cloud-agnostic tutorials to help you stay up-to-date with the latest open-source software, languages, and frameworks. Get started on DigitalOcean with a free $100 credit at do.co slash hackernoon. And do you have any thoughts on, uh, you know, what's, uh, what's happening with the crypto market? So at the time we're recording this, you know, the market's been pretty down lately. Um, you know, a lot of, there's been a lot of news stories recently about uh, crypto startups that have had to lay people off. And, you know, the, there's definitely been some steam that's been taken out of the market. Um, do you have any thoughts on, you know, what we're seeing with the current kind of market at this moment? And how does that affect kind of where your, your thinking is moving forward? Yeah, so, you know, to be honest, I'm not really surprised. I mean, you know, if you've been in the tech scene, uh, you know, for quite some time and, getting, you know, you've- Sorry, just, can you start uh, over? I'm getting some yes. clicking or popping again. So Make sure that uh, mic is away from your, your shirt. Yes, let me hold it. Was it okay until now? Yeah, there was a little tiny bit occasionally, like one or two, but now for some reason it just started doing it again. So maybe it's yeah, maybe it's the mic. I'll just hold it. I'm holding it now like I this. Think, so I think it's the mic hitting the buttons on your shirt. Yeah, yeah, I'm this starting time. to think that's the case as well. So I'm just or, gonna hold it like this. Or your mic is just super sensitive, or I'm not sure. So it's an uh, Apple one, but maybe I did get a sensitive. Yeah. One. So if you could just kind of start uh, your thought process over. So again, the question was. Uh, you know, what, uh, what are your thoughts on the current crypto market and kind of the recent crash? Yeah, so, so listen, I mean, my view is kind of on, on many of these topics, right, is 
I'd like to think at least is pretty pragmatic and influenced by my, you know, previous experience, right? And so when you look at the, you know, some of these crypto projects, right, um, that had huge valuations at the beginning of the year or end of last year, with literally like pretty much like close to zero usage. And in some cases, like really kind of ambitious to the point of, you know, things that are just never going to work, right? Like some of these white papers, you know, using a ton of buzzwords and, you know, kind of nice ways to describe, you know, incredible throughput and so forth. But how are they actually going to do that? Nobody really knows. And so, you know, in my view, it's actually very good what's happening right now, right? I mean, of course, people are losing money. That's never nice. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that it's happening. But at the same time, you know, as an industry, we've got to be focused on the fundamentals, right? And while it, you know, there's not necessarily a way to do like a DCF or an LBO analysis, and, you know, if there's no like, you know, cash flow that's happening right now, it's certainly got to make some sense, right? And so when you look at some of these projects that raise, you know, tens of millions of, of, of dollars with, you know, retail investors in some cases investing, not really understanding the fundamentals or, you know, the underlying technology, that's, I think just not healthy and certainly not sustainable. And, you know, we're, we're experiencing it now, right, across the board. And so I think, for instance, right, like the, basically the public ICO market being dead now and companies having to go through a more traditional route, if you will, of, you know, meeting with accredited investors, you know, pitching to funds and so forth and having to go through that hurdle before in in the vast majority of cases now they can offer it to retail investors if at all right before it hits the exchanges i think is a good thing right if you're a retail investor and the fact that you know you're investing in something that was vetted by professionals and people who at least are supposed to know what they're doing you know and are investment professionals that's a good thing because i've heard some horror stories honestly and uh, so have i <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so i think like the people who are in it and really believe in the technology and share the vision, you know, for a more open financial system and beyond that, just kind of improving transactions across the board and the way we keep records, you know, they're, they're going to stay and they're going to focus on building. And, you know, price is almost like a destruction at this point. The people who are in it for, you know, getting rich quickly, you know, if they're not in it now, you know, that's probably a good thing right? Like crypto shouldn't be about getting rich quickly. It should be about building meaningful, meaningful products that solve real world needs and that, you know, address real pain points, right? And in some cases, blockchain doesn't make these products better. In fact, it just makes them more costly and, you know, difficult to maintain. And if that's the case, that's probably not a very good product market fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think what's happening right now is really healthy in the longer term. Uh, in a way, like the, you know, the 2000 kind of bubble bursting for the internet was a good thing, right? Like we no longer saw, you know, pets.com and, and, you know, these types of companies. But in the years, you know, following that, we saw companies like Amazon and Google emerging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to see something similar happening in, in, in crypto as well. And we kind of saw this even with social networking, I would argue, you know, you had your friends, you know, your friendster and your your MySpace and right. you know, kind of your initial social networks. And then you had Facebook, which you worked at, you know, come in and just dominate that entire sector. Um, so, you know, we, we've seen this evolution in the tech industry before of, you know, going through these phases of, 
you know, there's initial, there's initial like, you know, burst of energy and opportunity in a market, then it kind of fizzles out. And then, you know, the real players that are in it for the long term kind of, you know, they kind of show up. Um, so exactly, what, exactly. And, you know, there was, and, you know, and you mentioned horror stories before. I mean, I've heard quite a few, especially recently with the, you know, with the market being down. Um, and there was, I'm not going to name names, but, uh, you know, I heard about one company, I believe they raised around 30 million. Uh, and, you know, I heard kind of some inside info that they only had about 5,000 users. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, that's kind of, that's what we're looking at right now with some of these crypto projects is like, how can you go raise $30 million, go build a product and then not have any money left over, you know, to go do marketing and actually get a user base. Uh, and it's like, they pivoted now and that, you know, that company is doing what they're doing, but uh, you know, now they're focused on user growth, but you know, it took them a couple years to get there. Um, and you know, I'm seeing that same kind of pattern kind of emerge. And now I'm seeing a new trend where, people are trying to get users and trying to figure out, you know, what that, what that user interface looks like, what that product actually looks like so that, you know, it can solve those problems for people. Yeah, totally. And, and like, you know, you see some things that honestly just make no sense, right? Like, you know, as, as someone who worked on, you know, on, you know, some pretty big products, right? Like I was talking with, you know, entrepreneur the other day, right. And he was telling me how, you know, their entire team is decentralized, right? And so, like, he's sitting in Canada and, like, you know, their lead engineer is, like, in South America and, you know, some of their sales team are, you know, back in Europe. I'm like, that's never gonna, I mean, uh, not never, but it's just gonna make it so much more difficult to work, right? Like, when I was building products, right? Like, I want my designer sitting next to me and I want, like, the, you know, person doing the research, you know, sitting, you know, next to me as well. And then like all the engineers and like all these casual conversations that happen and, you know, without planning them, just make you move so much faster and kind of you get so many insights that you wouldn't otherwise, right? Because you just talk to the designer and it's like, oh, you know, I just noticed this and that problem. Probably if he was sitting on the other side of the world, we wouldn't schedule a meeting just to discuss that. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, and I, and I call it, for instance, like, you know, decentralization mania, right? Like, a lot of folks I talk with just try to prove how decentralized, you know, their teams are. You know what? Like, you know, when I look at governance, for instance, I, I like to see some sort of uh, centralization, right? Because I think, like, having a clear leadership in place and, you know, a clear leader and a much more effective kind of decision-making process gives me much more confidence, actually, that the team can execute on their vision. And yes, the product should be decentralized for sure. And, you know, there's a lot of benefits for decentralization at the protocol level or the product level. That doesn't mean that everything needs to be decentralized. And so my view is in many of these things is rather than reinventing the wheel, we can, you know, take some best practices and learn from things that worked, right? The internet creates some really amazing companies, right? And we should just think how can we make them even better rather than let's break everything, you know, apart and kind of start from scratch and reinvent the way we do governance and reinvent the way, you know, we run companies. 
Um, and so I'm not surprised that, you know, a lot of these companies are now struggling, right? I mean, you make a very good point, right? Like some of these companies, I've seen companies that raise tens of millions of dollars and have like 50 users, not 5,000, right? Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And, and I mean, this, this, you know, this information is public. You can go to many like, you know, websites and track, you know, DAP, you know, usage. Um, and so we got to go back to the fundamentals and we got to think how we leverage blockchain technology to solve real, you know, real problems. And I think there's a lot of problems to be solved. And I think blockchain is an amazing and revolutionary technology, uh, but we got to be smart about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think there's also a lot of talent now that we see shifting, you know, gradually more and more uh, towards the space. And I think just naturally right over time, organically, we're going to see, you know, higher and higher quality and, you know, teams and projects being built. Certainly, I already see a lot of exciting things happening, but I would say the vast majority of them are still, you know, probably not going to work in the longer term. Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely some business models that just, that people are trying to apply that don't make sense. And I, no. you know, and I, I fully agree, you know, there's going to be a, uh, there's, there has to be a centralized component of these, some of these organizations and these companies and there has to be a decentralized component and those two need to work together. Um, I personally just call them hybrid systems, but like yeah. that's ultimately, I think where people are gonna have to kind of take a step back and realize that, okay, I have to go build a hybrid solution right now because that's actually where the technology is because we are at those you know early days like you were talking about before. Um, and that's, that's okay. That that's normal. It, it's normal to build a bridge to, to you know, uh, to uh, you know whether you're crossing a valley or a river or whatever. It's normal to build a bridge to get there. Um, you know, you shouldn't just expect that you can immediately build a completely decentralized solution tomorrow uh, and be able to just do everything that you can do uh, with a centralized solution. The tech's arguably not there yet. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. It and it, yeah, eventually it can be, but. I mean, that's ultimately, you know, why you're starting an investment firm and, you know, investing in infrastructure to be able to figure out like who those players are going to be um, because scalability is still a huge concern. Um, oh yeah. Huge, huge, huge. It's, Scal scalability, UI and, you know, yeah, the design. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of these issues, but Again, like we should learn from, you know, the, the, the great businesses that have been built online over the past, you know, 10, 15, mm -hmm. 20 years. Um, and there's a lot to be learned there, I think. There's a lot that we can learn there. And then there's a lot that we can probably make better. Yep. And, you know, I've, I've also... Become, heard... you know, gatekeepers. Yeah, sorry, sorry we, go ahead. There was, the video screwed up a little bit there. Uh, ah. Can you restate your thought and... Uh, and we'll, we'll cut it from there. Ah, um, yeah, so, so I think some of these companies became, you know, gatekeepers in a way to, mm -hmm. to, to, to some of the technologies. And so, you know, decentralizing that, making it more secure, faster, and, you know, kind of more open and transparent is a good thing. Um, and, and we should strive towards that. But again, um, some elements of it, um, you know, I, I think we should use best practices, right? Like definitely like on the leadership kind of governance uh, aspect, as I said before. And there's, there's many other examples. And also I think like we as humans tend to kind of attribute a lot of value to um, early stage, you know, kind of first mover advantage and, and mm -hmm. things like that. 
And, you know, the companies or the tokens that are at the top right now, right, it almost seems, you know, inviable. But, like, you know, if you look at the Internet, right, like the Yahoo's, the, you know, the Alta Vistas, the, and, you know, people laugh, but I remember as a kid, Alta Vista was the number one search engine, right? Yahoo was the most popular website, right? I mean, and so, like, the way, you know, that has changed, I think, is likely to also happen in the blockchain space. And many of the companies perhaps even in the top 10 right now, right, in terms of market cap, are not necessarily going to be the companies that are going to be there, you know, five, 10 years down the road, which again is why I think, you know, it's such an exciting opportunity for an investor because I think a lot of the, you know, like the next Amazons, you know, Googles and so forth, Uber, uh, you know, are, are getting built right now and maybe haven't even started getting built on top of blockchain technology. And tell us a little bit about uh, your fund and where you're at. Are you still in the process of raising your fund or where are you at right now? Yeah, so we haven't made an official uh, announcement yet about the launch. I expect that to happen soon. And right now, you know, we're getting a lot of positive feedback. Uh, thankfully, you know, a lot of investor interest as well. Um, and so, yeah, and so right now we're, ju we're just talking to, um, you know, a lot of investors who are interested in kind of getting involved. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll basically setting up the fund. Um, and I expect us to make an official announcement soon um, about the launch. Awesome. Well, maybe by the time this episode airs or, you know, maybe. shortly thereafter. Um, yeah. And, maybe. you know, this is the Hacker Noon podcast. So I've got to ask, uh, when is some time in your life that you've had to hack something? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a, a great question. By the way, I'm a big fan of your podcast um, I think you're doing an amazing job and thanks again for, for having me on it. And I know, a, you know, the hacker mentality is an important piece of it. I used to work for a company that's based in one hacker way. So I, I kind of try to, uh, I can relate to that, I think in a way. Um, but actually like a, a hack that not related to kind of, you know, kind of my experience in tech, um, over the years, um, I find that, you know, the more senior you become and kind of more experienced, um, obviously you become also more busy. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, that resulted in recent years in not exercising a lot. Um, and also, or not at least nearly as much as I wanted to. And also, like, I find that I get so deep into things that it's kind of hard sometimes to just take a step back and, you know, spend an hour or two just kind of start, you know, reflecting on things and thinking kind of bigger picture. So what I've started doing uh, more recently is kind of long walks uh, where I just, you know, I just take a walk, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, um, often listen to podcasts and certainly Hacker Noon, uh, you know, one of my favorites. And um, yeah, that's just something that kind of had a really positive impact on me, you know, both I get more exercise and uh, it just provides me with an opportunity to kind of, you know, relax a bit, kind of um, reflect on things, think on, you know, what I want to do next, almost like strategic position. And yeah, so that's kind of like a life hack that uh, has worked well for me more recently. I think that was actually one of Steve Jobs's kind of actual uh, hacks as well. He was known for taking people for walks as well. Uh, yeah. Kind of one of his things is he, he did it alone initially, and then he started taking other people for walks with him. Uh, and he would have his meetings that way even. Yeah, yeah. I find that when I meet people in California, they actually, many of them like to do like walking meetings. Mm -hmm. In London, sometimes it's more difficult. The weather <laughs> is unpredictable, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, Steve Jobs, certainly some, someone I can, you know, look up to. Awesome. Well, can you give us a, a bit of your final thoughts on, you know, crypto, you know, your investment firm, everything that uh, we've talked about so far? Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is really an exciting, you know, exciting times for crypto. People talk about, you know, the market being down and certainly the market has crashed this year. But, you know, when you take a step back, right, like even with Bitcoin now being, for instance, like, at, uh, you know, at the time of this recording around like, you know, um, $3,500 uh, or so, um, you know, January last year, right, like, you know, Bitcoin was worth like a thousand. And, and, you know, if we go back even, you know, before that, obviously, you know, much less than that. So we still are talking about an asset class that has performed, you know, incredibly well over the past few years. And um, is it done significantly? Yes. But, you know, I think this is just the beginning, as I said earlier. Um, and some of the projects I see right now and some of the opportunities, I mean, are just really limitless, right? The ability for people to transact, no intermediary involved, and for the transactions to be recorded in an open way and kind of and, and settle almost immediately. I mean, the opportunities and the disruption that's going to be built on top of that technology, um, you know, is just mind-blowing. Um, so I'm super bullish about the space, you know, longer term, you know, shorter term, we might still have face some difficult times and that's okay. As I said, longer term, I think, you know, really excited opportunities. I'm certainly, you know, really excited about that. If people want to learn more, um, you know, obviously I wrote that post. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super bullish about the space. Um, and I think we should all kind of be pretty optimistic. Technology has proved us wrong many times before, you know, when people said, you know, this is never going to work. I remember people, you know, talking about the internet that way. Um, so I'm, I'm really optimistic about the future and, you know, excited to see what's next. Yeah, we know decentralization works. I mean, yeah. in a way, look at Airbnb and Uber. And I mean, these are arguably, you know, hybrid systems where you've got a centralized component and a decentralized component. And I mean, they've disrupted hotels and, you know, they've disrupted the taxi industry. And it's just a matter of time now before we get that similar disruption in other areas. Uh, yeah, so, exactly. So where, can, where can people find you? Yeah, so um, so I'm on Twitter, you know, um, that's probably one of the kind of uh, better ways to follow me. Um, also, they can go to our website. We have a public email that's, you know, actively being monitored if, you know, folks want to email mm -hmm. um, and me. Um, and then I write uh, from time to time also on Medium. Um, so you can follow me. There. And what's uh, what's your URL for your website? Yeah, the website is uh, federman.capital or federmancapital.com. Um, both work. Um, and Twitter is basically at uh, Tomer Federman. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me. This concludes another episode of the Hacker Noon Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Lipinski. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on social media. You can also find us at hackernoon.com and podcast.hackernoon.com for more episodes. Thank you for listening.